Welcome back. This is Radiotherapy. I'm your host, Calypso, and today we're going to talk about the article I just read called Church Attendance, Social Capital, and Black Voting. Um, there are three authors of this, and it came out in the Social Science Quarterly in September of 2009. Okay, so I'm kind of going to butcher these names, so bear with me. Bogad. Dong, Lu, Sharon D. Wright, Austin, and Brian DeAndre O'Hare. That first name I totally butchered and I totally apologize to the author. This is really great um, article. Anyways, moving on. So, um... They all teach at different institutions. One teaches at the University of Utah at the time of this. One was teaching at the University of Florida, and one was thinking teaching at Jackson State University. The objective of the article was um, to test traditional studies of political participation that suggest enhanced education and income uh, will help reduce the racial gap in voting so basically saying if um minorities this one specifically focusing focusing on uh black people increase their education and increase their income the racial gap when it comes to voting would decrease so they're using a byzantine method which has never been done um when looking at these issues before. Um, so that was also really interesting about this article. Um, they talk a lot about the difference between bonding and bridging social capital as well as human capital um, and about the, the racial differences between white voters versus African-American voters. And then they talk about the role of uh, the black church and its increase in social capital, which leads to political participation for African-Americans, which is one of the conclusions that they came to. Um, anywho, moving on. So when they talked about human capital in this article, they were talking about uh, individual socioeconomic status particularly so about a person's individual skills knowledge and confidence um so more of like self-esteem and like education and income all play um a part in that and what you're capable of doing and how society views you and the effect that that has on you which is going to lead to hopefully more political participation so when it comes to political capital, it talks primarily about political influence of individuals and groups. Um, so it talks a lot more so about like organizations, networks, and like structures and different things like that that people belong to that um, build these opportunities to uh, participate in politics um, and to have like basically an active state. Um, one of the issues I have with this, which um, I've talked about before, is just like the whole idea of comparing um, black and white, and it's not because I think comparing black and black and white is uh, a bad thing. It's just that I think that you don't ever see um, black politics 
looked at in like a longitudinal study or just comparing black politics from one year to the other. It's always something that uh, is tradition. It's always done through traditional values that just so that happen to be white. So there's no um, long term long term studies that I know of that particularly deal with the changes in the way that black people vote, just looking at black people and about how their motivations and methods of political participation have changed just within them. It's always comparison to uh, white people. And I think that that uh, does a disservice when people are trying to engage the black community um, to get them to vote for them because they don't understand necessarily the depth of their motivations because and that's something I have an issue with this article and just like many articles like it is that when you don't look at it from that way of let me understand uh black people and how their viewpoints have evolved over time but using it as a comparison to whiteness I think it minimizes the history of black America and doesn't allow you to see that the impact of the history of black America has an impact on how these people engage Um, the political system um, and doesn't allow people to actively engage in them in the correct ways because they don't fully understand uh, the community. Um, And that's not to say that everyone views themselves as um, African-American or black first because there are people who identify with uh, political viewpoints, uh, particularly black conservatives. Um, who consider themselves like I'm people who are conservatives that just so happen to be black and there are people who identify with black conservatives black who are black and are conservative because they're black um, because of what they believe conservatives conservatism can do for the black community Um, I'm just saying that some people don't see their race as the focal that's all I'm saying all right Um, I think the thing within this, it was like social capital versus human capital um, and the impact that that had on the black community versus the white community was very interesting. And this is where something where I feel like why you need that comparison between African-Americans over a period of time, because there's a reason why you don't see um, maybe see human capital being as impactful as social capital when dealing with, um, voting and different things like that within the community. Um, and why I think also the church is still, uh, very important in terms of the formation of black people's political views. Um, the goal, I mean, uh, The theories that they primarily focus on, well, one of them is the theory of voting participation remaining incomplete because there's like a failure to adequately pinpoint factors that motivate African-Americans. So like they admit in this, there's, they don't know the motivations to why black people vote. Like there's no understanding of that. And I think that that would become more apparent if we didn't do this comparison to whiteness, but I like the fact that they have put that out there, that that's something that we don't necessarily understand. Um, They do ask a lot of uh, questions and about um, also about how social capital is something that um, is declining and stuff like that. And I think that that just has to do 
too, also with the move from a social gospel to a more prosperity gospel um, as well. And I think uh, one of the reasons when they talk about, they also talked about in this, uh, uh, what is the phrase they use? Um, it's like bonding and bridging. Um, one of the differences and, and the reason why they use bridging, which is basically like uh, because churches are traditionally even still very homogeneous, uh, the bridging comes from then going and connecting with uh, different people of different socioeconomic statuses, different races and stuff like that. So that's where things start to become more like going creating an even larger community outside of uh, your original community. But anyways, I think there's also this weird thing I, th I thought about in this was like the creation of the taboo of talking about like religion and politics when religion plays a huge part in a lot of people's politics, um, specifically in the black community. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Interesting in reading this is about the fact that we don't talk about there are these things we don't talk about like finance we don't talk about politics we don't talk about religion but all of these different things influence um our political system and our political views but we don't ever have serious uh conversations and then we wonder why people have these crazy views and people are wondering why did how did donald trump become president you know what i mean but it's like at the same time we're not having these conversations regularly but I digress. Um, I also think, too, in this, what I realized or something I thought that I had was like the uh, the black community's connection to the church, I think, too, is due to um, due to the civil rights movement. But I also think it's something that like um, is that creation of that larger family you know, and the creation of like that extended family as well. So I think that is a key thing as well. And I think churches, to me, at least today, and I think that why you see so many younger people disengaging from it is because there's this switch to spirituality. And I think churches, particularly black churches, need to be a little bit more on the spiritual side and a little less, I think, like rigid and, and strict um, in terms of how they feel like uh, people should act or and what they should do. Um, and I think also, too, in that is like, where is the disengagement coming from? They talk about like technology and different things like that. But I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily pinpoint where uh, political disengagement comes from and or like where disengagement from the church comes from, except for, I think, like I said, that need to be a little bit more to focus on the spiritual rather than being like rigid in um, requirements. Uh, okay, so they focus a lot on Putman's. Um, book bowling alone and it basically in that is talking about like americans move towards social isolation um and because of the social isolation there's like this lack of social capital which leads to this lack of uh 
this this increased civil disengagement, which um, affects like political and uh, civic activities. Um, but they focus a lot on his research and his viewpoints on uh, social capital, which was cool. Um, I think just going to the other thing was, um, I talked, I, this made me think a lot about the social gospel and then going to church, uh, creates the social capital, which equals participation. But I think also it has an impact on the way people vote, which is why I think a lot of like Democrats, when they're like looking to get the black vote, go to the black church because it's it's reliable. It's a foundation of the black community. It's a pillar of the black community and stuff like that. And you are more likely, um, I would say, to see um, black pastors and different things like that to, uh, to engage in fundraising, even they, they also point out that uh, the churches incorporate candidate appeals, public um, announcements, endorsements, fundraising, um, that you don't necessarily think, I, I don't necessarily think you think see in uh, white churches or predominantly white churches. And I think that just has to do with, once again, the civil rights movement. And it's, uh, and I, and the black church is still heavily associated, um, with that and political efficacy. I, at least from what I got from this article is also deeply associated with social capital. And I think connection breeds engagement. I think if you don't like the disillusionment that we see today, if you don't, if you don't think that you have a place or are connected to the world around you. I think it's easy to like disengage or to act selfishly when you vote, which not to say that every, like people are selfless when they vote. Obviously they have a viewpoint of uh, what they think is best for them. But I think the, the view should be what is best for um, America at large or what can I do most with my vote? Um, instead of necessarily voting for yourself, I think you're supposed to be voting for like your community on a local level and what you think is good for America at large when voting for the president and your Congress people and different things like that. But I also believe in checks and balances. So sometimes it's like, okay, you can, you know, which is why I think you need to be able to vote, you know, uh, a variety of different people in it shouldn't just be like I'm voting one way entirely down the ticket I think you need like a variety of people because you want the difference difference differences in views but what's lacking is the uh compromise which I totally uh totally agree with we need more compromise but I think that it's important to have the option um and I think the disillusionment, disillusionment also comes from just like the way that politics has been moving and the kinds of things that have been happening. Um, also in this, they talked about the black woman and about how um, important she is to the black church and what a pillar she is in also in the 
voting community. And I mean, that also is impacted by the fact that black women are um, graduating at such a high rate um, and stuff like that. So that's something as well. All right. I think there's they, they talk about political churches and apolitical churches, but I think in general, um, based on this, what they found was that for black people, just the regular church attendance had an effect on uh, people engaging in the vote, but it's more so pol politicized churches. And I think that's just more common due to the civil rights movement. Um, class didn't seem to be, uh, a factor in participation or attending church or attending politicized churches. So like the idea of you could be like an educated person and, or you could have a certain social status or money or whatever, uh, be in a certain class and you would still in, engage politically regardless of whether or not the church you went to was, uh, politically inclined. Um, and I also think the social bonding is good. And I think the reason you don't see the bridging as much in or uh, for people who attend like black churches is just because I think to me, at least black churches have a lot more of like things that you can do it's not just like okay you go there on Sunday and that's it. it's like all week there's things going on you're engaging um you're reaching out to the community you're doing community events and different things like that so I think that also the viewpoint that they take in looking at the at the black church or politicized churches versus apolitical um ones is not um as in-depth I think as it needs to be looking especially when making the comparison if you're going to do it between uh blacks and white um blacks and whites and their church attendance and different things like that i think you have to look into what churches offer um just because i think black churches are more likely to offer different types of programs outside of the regular like sunday service kind of thing um and are more um civically engaged within the community and um, are more, a, li a little bit more s small scale than on a larger scale. Um, they talk about the role of higher education. And then something that I thought was interesting was, uh, this quote right here, which says human capital benefits the individual, but also the nation in which he or she lives because countries with significantly educated pop with a significantly educated populace tend to have higher standards of living. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And shouldn't our goal be that people are um, well educated? And at least um, in this, they also talk about the about how human capital and uh, the role of higher education also, like we talked about impacts um, voting. So I thought that was something that was really interesting when you think about um, you know, how our education system is uh, going in a certain direction and not necessarily in the most positive one. And when you think about um, people talking about uh, 
urban schools and public schools and the lack of funding and different things like that and the poor education that people are serving and are are getting in inner cities um but that was not always the case like education in some cases in one study found that education to be a much stronger predictor of voter turnout than demographic factors like race or gender. So sometimes it doesn't even have to do with race. It's just like the education portion. And I think that just goes into like being more confident and having um, a better understanding or feeling like you have a a better understanding. It's like, um, you know, some level of like, oh, like, I feel confident enough to make this decision because I have this degree, you know, some sort of like justification. It's like applying for a job. It's like, oh, obviously I need, you need this degree to, to do, um, this or that. Um, and I think just, and also I think there's a little bit more stake, uh, being a taxpayer and different things like that. And also I think it's idle time to, to be able to research and stuff like that. So that's something that's heavily has to do with like your education level and your socioeconomic status. And I think it was interesting that voting is not the only indicator for political participation, but this is, this is what they focused on. Um, because I think you would get a much different picture of black participate, political participation if you took voting out of it and thought more so about, um, non-traditional forms of political participation or, you know, um, different sorts of like community organizing, boycotting and different things like that. I think you would get a very different picture on, uh, black political participation and if, and something that wasn't so much on a, uh, a global or not a global, but a, a nationwide scale. And I don't, and this, like, once again, the comparison of black and white to me assumes motivations are similar and does not account for historic issues and the ways that blacks are less are less traditional in the ways that they engage the system. Um, I already talked about the decline of social capital, which is just happening amongst young people. And also it talks, it it does say that like women's participation in the workforce is declining social capital, which I feel like is low key kind of like stuck in like that misogynistic, uh, kind of air as if like oh a woman should be home doing this and it just makes the family better and it builds these connections and all that stuff so I think that that's a little like eh, I can't 100% get behind that um but it, it could definitely it's definitely a point that they um feel like is is valid all right That's about it for this article. It was really good. I definitely recommend it. This is me like flipping through pages. Um, and I think just church is political to me. Not even like it's intentionally always political, but I think church is just political in the sense that like if you are religious, like those obviously are going to inform 
Um, that's obviously going to inform your belief system, the way that you live, and it's going to inform the way that you vote. So to me, even if a church is apolitical, uh, which is a term that they use, it's still political in the sense of the effect that it has on the individual. Um, there's also this thing that they say that the internet makes African Americans less civically engaged. Um, and I think that that's just like, because there's other forms of engagement now, like, you know, the social, social media activists and all that good stuff. And you've already, already seen, like we just talked about more non-traditional ways that, um, African Americans choose to engage the political system. Um, I think they asked some very good questions at the end. It's like, and it made me think like, what is like coming, like the whole idea of like, what's coming next for um, the next generation, because it seems like, uh, black people are very motivated by social movements, um, and that's what mobilizes them to vote, so I think that that's something that's going to be interesting. The quote that, um, I'm going to read says, however, we must question whether some positive effects will continue for both African American and, and whites as what, Hutton describes as the civically minded generation is replaced. This generation was predominantly white, perhaps the black generation that came from from came of political age in the 1960s is more politicized than it is than its white counterparts. But as this generation of African Americans is replaced, what will happen to those who have come of political age in the 1980s and beyond without powerful mobilizing social movements remains as important remains an important question for future research so i think something that's always mobilized black people is that um social social movements that um traditionally center around the church um because that's what gets everybody you know goes into that whole like emotion and all of that stuff so i think it'll be interesting to see like i think the generation growing up right now like generation z i think is going to be very very interesting and i think they're going to be very much like um the people of the 80s to me um maybe like the 60s less so I think just because just unless because I don't see a lot of like intellectuals and when I think of like the 60s and stuff I think of a lot like the renaissance and some would say even in the book that I'm reading uh blacks in conversation would say we're going through somewhat of a renaissance period you know not unlike the Harlem renaissance but I just don't see a lot of like intellectuals in that way so I would say like maybe more so the people of um the 80s also given like drug culture right now I think that that's a little bit more accurate um and I think that the last thing is whether or not the racial gap in, particip in political participation actually exists to me. 
I, I think that we need to change what we view as political participation. I think we need to like make it a little less traditional and I think we would get um, different results. But as I said, overall, this is a really uh, great article in terms of talking about uh, social capital, human capital, and overall uh, the impact of the church in the black community and its impact on uh, black voting. I still disagree with the comparison to whiteness. I want to see more research come out that primarily focuses on uh, studies comparing uh, black political attitudes through the ages. Because um, I just think that that would be way more valid and impactful i think for politicians today but that's all thanks for joining me <laughs>